Could you please stop being such a buzzkill? It's buzzkill. Um, free the homies. Free the political prisoners. <laughs> no, free Mike Tyson. Wait, no, what year um, is it? Uh, so today, um, I wanted to have a conversation um, about an interview uh, that I recently read that Donald Glover put out. Um, in fact, it was an interview that he did with himself. And um, we actually have a, a guest um, that Cheers. we've brought on to the podcast. Um, he goes by the name of uh, Anti-Art Ryan. Um, I'm regular Ryan. He's Anti-Art Ryan uh, from one Ryan to another. Uh, That's me. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring him on for several reasons. Uh, I wanted to bring him on because one, uh, I'm a fan of the podcast. Uh, I, I like, I like, I like sort of, sort of like the, the, the whole entire approach that anti-art has um, him and his co-host. It used to be three people, right? But now it's two. It used to be right? four. Yeah. Now it's two. Four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, you should have flies. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um, but before we get to the whole Donald Glover, uh, interview portion of this episode this is a very loose conversation anyways uh i'll allow ryan to sort of like um introduce himself with in his own words and sort of give his, his own little uh backstory about his podcast why it started etc so the floor is yours <laughs> uh thank you uh, my name is ryan anti-art anti-art ryan however you want to everyone however you want to call it um, I've been doing this for about a year and a half with my buddy, Troy. We started off on Instagram, just like taking screenshots of album covers and our, like a notes app and just making like reviews pretty much on the, on the notes app. Uh, we started as anti pitchfork because, uh, they gave MGK a 6.8 and then they gave 21 Savage a 6.6. .6. So I thought that was really <laughs> trash. <laughs> and, um, uh, I really wanted to go against corporate interests and all that kind of stuff. So we decided to make reviews on our own accord and uh, people really started fucking with it over time. And uh, now we have a whole full scale operation, traveling around the country, taking pictures of concerts, writing, interviewing, you know, people that we love, uh, being on podcasts with, uh, with people that we love. Shout out, shout out you guys, you know, cheers. Yo. <laughs> cheers. Drinking my water. Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> How's so, on that note, um, I do want to mention that you guys are um, masked. If you if to, to, you guys are anonymous, yeah, yeah. unless um, you're paying, you don't get to see the video on this shit. So right. yeah, for those yeah. listening, this so, motherfucker's in a ski mask. Yeah, so those for those who don't <laughs> get to see the I video version of this, they don't. Ryan has a mask on. Um, and I don't know if if uh, uh, where first first let me ask you uh, what inspired the the idea of being sort of anonymous in a way in a way so to speak. Um, so me and my buddy have day jobs. Um, I'm slowly uh, inching away from it as I'm actually like starting to make money off of this. But I had a job where it was really sensitive, where if I were to reveal my face, like it would be hard to get another job in that field or, you know, like my boss would see it, that kind of thing. Right. So it was it was really just out of necessity um, to start. But as it's kind of grown on, I'm really like thinking about just keeping it, even though if I do start making money, I think it's a good gimmick. And uh, one of my favorite albums is Yeezus. And I really love on, on the Yeezus tour, how he had the balls to like basically be on stage for an hour and a half. Kanye West, I'm talking about, obviously, 
uh, with like a, you know, Mason Margiela mask on, just not showing anybody his face. Um, yeah, I really love that whole idea of people will come out to see you even if they, you know, can't see your face, that kind of thing. I, I really, Death I punk, the old Banksy anonymity. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're aware of uh, the Ion Pack or not, Ryan. Uh, you, yeah, I learned later. <laughs> I learned yeah, later yeah, that yeah, we yeah. kind of copied them. Sorry, yeah, shout out Ion Pack. I, yeah, Ion Pack. <laughs> I mean, they came around a little bit before you guys, a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, the Ion Pack is also um, shout out to the Iron Ion Pack and Zeitgeist, man. You came up in the pandemic, right? But they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, both did. They are a podcast. Two guys that do it. They're anonymous. They even pitch their voices in like wear mask and this was weird because like my co-host my co-host voice sounds pitched if you haven't noticed like like if you listen to this this podcast the first time i heard your voice jason years ago (laughs) i thought you had like did some sort of pitch pitch drop in your voice i was like you really sounds like that so yeah (laughs) so it's uh, fucking weird i know i say i describe my sound as seth rogan after he got stung by a hundred bees. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good voice. It's a good voice for potting. Yeah, it's a thanks, good voice thanks. for podcasting. It's yeah. good to have a dynamic. If we both sound the same, it'd be bad. But you sound oh, yeah. nice and crisp and clear, Ryan. Kind of mm. jealous of it. I sound like some fucking Dungeons and Dragons creature. <laughs> shit, <but> it's all right. <laughs> no, you sound great. Yeah, dude, you sound awesome. Self-deprecation is my jam. Can't tell. <laughs> so uh, I, I, well, to get into this, like this Donald Glover, um, because I feel like one of the reasons I brought ryan onto this podcast was also to talk about like the idea of like you know art and like art gatekeepers and like and curation and and obviously touch on pitchfork because they're a big sort of like they're a tip they're like a tipping off point for your podcast in general but what they sort of represent in terms of gatekeepers themselves um so i feel like that will dovetail in with this this donald glover interview now i know we've all sort of read it um and at first, you know, um, when I heard he was interviewing himself, I was kind of like, bruh. Um, but then when I uh, when I actually read the interview, it was actually pretty good. Like, I was like, OK, like he, he didn't do a bad job interviewing himself. Doing, he doesn't duck that either. Right up front. He's like right. points out, like, isn't this pretentious or fucking ego driven? He's basically like. Or no more performative than any other interview. And at least this way, I can assure I'm getting asked fucking intelligent, smart questions, you know. True. yeah that i want to answer exactly exactly True. um and and you know what and me and jason like just to give you a little uh backstory about us me and jason are both screenwriters uh we've been uh in this sort of hollywood shit for a while um we both have a lot of experience <laughs> a lot of war <laughs> stories go in la um and dealing with a lot of people in the industry uh we know a lot of people they know us some of some of them probably hate us uh some of them probably love us um we're because again we're sort of kind of like the type of people who don't um like hollywood is 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 really built on you know um kissing ass that exactly the <laughs> the, the idea of like um of of brown nosing and sort of like ingratiating yourself uh with other people and it's the inauthenticity of the business is what i feel like me and jason sort of connect about you know what i'm saying like and it's the, hence the name of the podcast buzzkill we are described as buzzkills a lot of times when we actually share our opinions which again this ties into the anti-art <laughs> shit because you guys, hey, yeah. are always, you guys are always reviewing you know you're reviewing yeah. albums and records and shit and like we review uh movies and film and and shit in general and like and, and our takes t- tend to be not like this the sort of like yeah. boilerplate like yeah. take your su- 
cops are supposed to have i feel you it's a party when people agree with us and then uh when i put out you know whatever like the c minus uh young lean review or whatever people are gonna be like what what the hell like you don't like music you don't like fun well i I turned on that new young lean album and i I had to stop i was like i thought it was okay i don't know i'm 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 getting more into them (laughs) uh like the whole dream gang and sad boys thing we always talk about that it's so fucking subjective all this is and anytime you make a review of something we were saying in a previous podcast you're really reviewing yourself like you're revealing mm-hmm. you oh yeah you are what your sensibilities are it, it says a lot more about you than the fucking art or the artist yeah I, I try and be honest with people and let, let people know where i'm at and stuff like that especially like sometimes if i'm like lazy or i'm tired and i'm like oh, whatever i just listened to it once like i just got back from vacation right i'm like uh, i wasn't that excited about this one anyway guys i'm sorry the grid I'm might a- change you know that kind of i'm thing. gonna ask you about mexico too by the way because i saw that you were in mexico oh yeah yeah, yeah. um but back to the sort of interview the donald glover interview right. so there's one there's there's one portion that i have actually pulled it up because i want to read this because i feel like it it touches on a lot of stuff that uh we touch on and i feel like you touch on in some ways and i'm gonna just go ahead and read it mm-hmm. and he's asking himself what role criticism plays in his life and he says there's good takes there's bad takes but most of them are just untrustworthy takes i liked it more when camp that was his first one of his first albums just mm-hmm. came out and it felt like everyone hated me because there'd been some actual good insight and it was easier to see who was dealing with their own identity problems, who really hated me and who just didn't like me because I didn't dislike myself. But you can't believe the good or bad stuff now. It's all just the economy around you. There's money and clout and loving and hating you. You have to sift through and try and see if someone is debating in good faith. The internet doesn't provide a large enough amount of that. You know what? I'll tie in my Joe Rogan Chappelle answer now too. A lot of people believe that both of them are doing what they do in good faith. It's not cynical. It's not CNN or Fox. It doesn't speak to people like they're trying to sell something. People are looking for another, or people are looking for other people to interact with in good faith because a lot of this rage is artificial. People have emotional diabetes and don't even know it. <laughs> so this is great. Great because, line to land on. Right. Yeah, emotional I like that diabetes, but also uh, this, coin this, a phrase and shit. Jason can Jason can speak to you. Um, I've said a lot of this same shit already in the past few episodes. Um, and so when, upon reading it, I was like, OK. Um, so what are you guys what are you guys feelings on just that statement alone? And we can feel free to, like, talk about any point of the interview you want as well. And we'll just we'll just throw shit back and forth. I mean, I'll let the guest go, not just because he's a guest, but he's actually a critic to a degree. Right. Right. And he's speaking yeah. about criticism, so I'm curious to hear what you think of. Um, it's a, it's it's definitely a lot to process. I'm trying to think yeah. of exactly what I want to say. I I I understand his things about Camp because Camp was such an interesting album. I was a real big fan of it when it first came out, and um, I think this was a good critical moment for me too. Because when I read the Pitchfork review, I was like, "Wow, wait a second, maybe it really is bad." You know what I mean? Maybe maybe there are things about it that I I shouldn't like or whatever. And you know, I definitely started to follow the pitchfork like review a lot. Like, like I started to delve into the lyrics more and I started to get more critical of it and that kind of thing. Um, as far as what he said about Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle, I would say I I definitely agree with him. I mean, they they have their own takes, but I think Dave Chappelle and uh and Joe Rogan, like they also have their own consequences when it comes to the things that they say. You know what I mean? I think that's something that should that needs to be factored in. And, and it definitely goes it definitely goes in with this whole thing with like kind of like the, the Internet, like not like um, the Internet, not 
trying to find a way to phrase it. The internet kind of splitting off and just doing uh, these two factions rather than like coming to the center to actually have like an opinion. Uh, I find that really annoying uh, on the internet when people just like have this really standard and boxed opinion about certain things. Everything's um, everything's binary, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get yeah, that. I was gonna say fracture out to the fringe too, not just meet in the center, but even have these crazy takes out here that I value those. Mm. I think yeah, that authenticity too. is what he's nailing. People value authenticity more now than ever because yeah. of the anonymity of the internet, mm-hmm. the corporatization of everything. I mean, and that's yeah. what Rogan. They don't get it. All the critics of Rogan and shit don't get it. It's like he's more authentic than. 99% of the critics. So I mean that's the problem. That's the problem when it comes to like criticism of guys like him specifically, is because a lot of those people are are inauthentic. So it's like they're actually criticizing Rogan a lot of times in bad faith. Right. Uh, exactly. Instead of in good faith. And that's why that's when their argument falls apart. Like there are there are reasons that you could criticize him that are legitimate, but you have to do it in good faith. You know what I'm saying? And what what I mean by that is, like, oh, I see. Like, if you don't like, if you don't like, 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 if you think he, if you think he's misinformed about COVID, you should mm-hmm. go on that in good faith. Like, oh, I want to help people rather than like, right, right. I haven't liked Joe Rogan for eight years, and now is my time to be like, yo, fuck Ex- him. Exactly. They have like yeah. the grudge that they're laundering in with the, when it's like, and then that takes away from whatever they're saying at that point. It mm-hmm. colors yeah. it too much, or even mischaracterizing what he's saying. Right. That's like, part of the that bad faith, though. Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? By, by deliberately yeah. mischaracterizing what someone is saying. Um, for your own reasons, because you don't fuck with that person or you don't like that. Like, person. I don't even fuck with Jordan Peterson. I think he sounds like Kermit the Frog and yeah, everything he, he says is pretty obvious. <laughs> and his yeah, shit is yeah. insane. But I don't think. Yeah. But let me just say about that, the bad faith arguments, his whole what the fuck did he even call it? The thing about uh, forced monogamy and forced oh, yeah. monogamy or whatever. It was this huge thing. And everyone I know that's left or liberal left, you know, got into this whole thing where he thinks that like you're basically saying women should be made to stay with one man or whatever but all he was saying i went back myself i was like i'm reading all these articles about it and i'm hearing all these people on facebook and shit talk about let me go read what he said or watch and listen to what he said and all he said was you know as a clinical psychologist we realize that (laughs) societies that fucking basically have monogamy within them are less violent because what happens is when an alpha takes all the women then you get these violent beta incels essentially that start fucking becoming bad actors that's all he said yeah so it, which is it, misguided but yes yeah misguided but yeah exactly like people i, feel, because I mean again, even if that's even if that's a fact i'm saying the bad thing to me is the term he used again they always use bad terms for these things yeah um, okay. forced mon- monogamy if he had just called it you know i don't know i'm not gonna on the fly come up with a term but if he had just used a term that paints the picture that it's just saying when all the women siphon to one power source then you get basically a power you know a fractured uh power paradigm where all these people are fighting crabs in a bucket essentially becomes more violent was the point i don't know yeah i got you i think i think with the whole beta thing i i i heard a really interesting opinion recently i forgot where it came from but like i feel like with a lot of like the people who are betas or whatever they like aim a little bit like what they aim like way too high you know what i mean like there's all these girls that are at their level that like them and stuff like that and that would date them but they're like no i need to date like these girls that are like the Jessicas or whatever, the, the 10 out of 10. You know, they're the most, yeah, they're, they're the most like discerning and like, like, uh, uh, care about appearances the most. And they're like also the ones that are like, oh, I'm so ugly and I'm never going to get a girl. It's like, well, I don't know, like aim a little bit lower, bro. I don't know. <laughs> like, at least at first, you know, be realistic. Joe Rogan says, work out, fucking read a book, improve. If you want to be a 10, if you want to yeah. be a 10, it's not, it doesn't, you can't just be sitting there. You have to improve yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. As a you know dude, I mean? you can literally work out. It doesn't or be a comedian. What your face looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Work out, you'll get chased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Be a comedian, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And to tie back into, um, you know, this idea of like, you know, um, someone having again, there's a lot of things that he said in this interview. Yeah. Uh, right. That are like, you know, the the whole the, the, the what he said about, and I've even mentioned this to you uh, when I when we were DMing the whole like what he said about um, because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Like I la- I actually like that album. Um, yeah, me too. But I did like laugh at the bold claim like that he made regardless because it's himself. Anytime someone makes the claim that like, you know, he said that it was the OK computer, right, of rap or something like, yeah. something like that. Yeah, something like that, which ain't really that bold of a claim. But like he added to it, which he was like, he said it was a classic. You know what I'm saying? Um, which, again, I don't even say I don't even think he's necessarily wrong. Like, I think I have I think I have that on vinyl. But like, yeah, my whole thing is like, yo, it's just funny to sort of like watch him and him, him. Donald Glover specifically is really good at this. Like he like unlike Kanye, um, Kanye is like he's on that tip the whole time. Like Kanye is like the biggest Kanye fan is Kanye. Right. Right. Like, Donald Glover walks this line where he's like, I'm like Kanye a little bit, but I'm not like he's has like a self-awareness to him. That yeah, sort sure. of like allows him to like maneuver and dance through sort of the industry, all of the industries he's in. That's probably one of the biggest like secrets to who he is, is that sort of idea of like he has enough self-awareness that he you he drop whenever he drops himself into a new circumstance, he sort of uses that self-knowledge to like navigate that world. That's yeah. why he's been successful in multiple. I think part of what it is is that he has a sense of humor, you know. Right, but that's part of the self-awareness. Yeah. Kanye is one of the things that's cool and interesting about Kanye, just as this creature out there, mm-hmm. is that he really doesn't have much of a sense of humor. But he's hilarious, which is but funny. He's fucking right. hilarious, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. unintentionally, sometimes you know what I mean. Right, but uh, right, just right. the point yeah. being, Donald Glover is more like a court gesture. He's totally tuned into the irony of all this shit and how absurd it all is. So mm-hmm. he could tight walk that tightrope. He's better, a ch- he's know? a childish Gambino. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, those yeah. two words together, you know, a childish gangster. Like, yeah. And he got that from the Wu Tang name generator, by the way. If you didn't know, that <laughs> <laughs> obvious. But uh, I, no, but I I fucks with Glover, and actually, uh, I, I was I was telling I don't know if you watched any of the new episodes of Atlanta. I'm uh, I'm caught up. Yeah. yeah so amazing. I, I wanted exactly. I wanted to hate it. I love. First of all, I loved Atlanta. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the first the first few seasons, I was like, but it took such a long hiatus and I understand why. But I was yeah. ready, though. I came in ready for it to be like, oh, it's going to suck now. And it, it didn't <laughs> like, like, no, it, yeah, um, it, 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 it bodied every so far. It's been bodying every episode. So, you know, yeah. um, much props to him. Um, but we can to, to sort of like if you're going to say something, Ryan, go ahead. Feel free. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I think I like how the um the elements of the show and like especially like the I mean, the theme obviously is like racism. That's like the main theme of this season. Mm-hmm. I really love how they match the absurdity and like the weird dream likeness of our times. Like, I feel like back then it was a really different time. People were more hopeful. People really thought that, you know, things were going to go well. And now I feel like everybody's in like a real spiral. And I feel like like racism is really more out in the open than like ever before, maybe like even in history. And I just feel like uh i i really feel like the the new seasons of level of absurdity like the nandos being in the guy's house or the whole like the 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 creatures like reaching out and grabbing that guy all that i feel like it really perfectly matches like the out front uh you know elements of of racism that exist like nowadays i don't know and and uh and I, i like how they totally took it and brought it outside of atlanta now it's just like 
it's like well atlanta was too passe atlanta was too like 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 the girl uh like not being able to pass a drug test is like that's too like normal like for our times now you know what i mean it doesn't match our time now it's actually because it's always been a show that like operates in the surreal um, mm-hmm. but 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 now our times that we the times that we actually find ourselves in are actually so surreal themselves that the yeah. show sort of like is like oh acknowledging that and sort of like upping even Danny. more or pushing exactly They're like, okay so like if it's surreal the world we live in is surreal then we got to be even more so than we were before so yeah I, I again i know jason you're waiting to catch up with it so i won't yeah, I, won't, you know, I won't spoil it for you <laughs> oh yeah sorry you know i also don't give a fuck about spoilers i'm like yeah I know, up, like I know. I oh yeah none of those things were spoilers by the way they were right. just you like small you little really, elements you can't really spoil yeah, that for show. me anyway yeah, I don't you, can't, fuck. you can't really spoil the show this the show i hate to say this but the show is is really a vibe i know sorry yeah. but it, it is, really yeah. is you know what i'm saying so so there's that um hey but, can i jump back to what you were saying i'm not trying to be like challenging and shit on here but this is interesting mm-hmm. how you said you think racism is more like prevalent now you think than before or uh, just that I, we talk I mean, about it more or what i mean like racism like 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 especially with with donald trump like coming into office and stuff like that i feel like it really pulled the rug off of like a lot of things and like there was like a, so a lot of underground shit is now more yeah maybe not any time in history okay yeah like all the way back all the way back yes of course but i'm right. saying like like as far as modern history i let me correct myself as far as modern history maybe the past like 20 years maybe the past 30 40 years or something like that i feel like it's more prevalent and more like uh mask off and 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 you can find yeah. it places because of the internet especially we're interested in exposing it you know and yeah J- jason it, did what i was gonna do but what i did was in the moment jason you caught the same thing i did in the moment yeah. i kind of like thought like yeah but i know what he means like, yeah yeah because i no no it's good that you did it i know there's people doing the same shit we should address it you know right we definitely should because like yeah. i'm getting i'm getting like more like because we've had a lot of these conversations and not only uh-huh. on a podcast but in real life for people too and it's gotten to the point where like it's a sec- it's almost a secondhand thing when people say that now it's like i know what you mean you know because i've had that i've literally had that before so but good but kudos right. i just didn't want it to be one of those things where right like, right where they're like you didn't, that, you didn't say anything about Ryan, did you watch it no i don't give a fuck about that it's uh, <laughs> i don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks maybe that's my office i mean well you did you i didn't want to be a, you did make a movie you did make a movie about a nazi and again like this idea that like you know um like what is it depiction is an endorsement you know what i'm right. saying and like showing that person as like a piece of shit racist that he was you know um and t- doing it in today like in 2022 2021 more specifically is you know was in and of itself you know showed that sort of like you were willing to to go there yeah my know? movie is evident that what you yeah. were saying is uh, you, mm-hmm. that's why we were like i get what you were saying because of yeah. shit like the movie mm-hmm. i made and why i made it and shit yeah right it's just i didn't want to pull that thing i don't know did you listen to any of that bill maher with Quentin Tarantino. I, I I started to a little, you know, I hate Bill Maher, well, but I know, but but, I know. Yeah, um, but right up front, he talks about that <laughs> Bill Maher, whatever. He's talking about that thought you have at the stairs. I didn't want to listen back to this episode and be like, man, I probably should have just addressed it. Man. That's why I addressed it more than anything. Wait, Ryan, you don't know who Bill Maher is? Oh no, I know who Bill Maher is. Oh, so I'm, I'm very aware. I'm very aware of what he said I, to that one about, senator a, yeah, a couple I, years. I, I was about to say, I, I, like, I was like, I'm pretty sure Ryan knows who the fuck that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I've all, I'm all, uh, Jason knows that I don't fuck with Bill Maher's <laughs> neoliberal ass. But, uh, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I did watch some of that interview though, that because he has a podcast now, um, and he did an episode with Tarantino on his YouTube page or whatever, and they were drunk. 
Um, so I was listening to it, but they were they were really legitimately sauced. Like, oh, you know, dude, it's a mess. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I got half. I was like, I was like, fifteen minutes, and I'm like, yo, there is this interview going to be coherent by the end of the fucking interview? Because finish it on Bill Maher was was drunk for real, and Tarantino was he was Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't need much, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I didn't finish it. Okay, so okay, circling the wagons. Um. To go more about, uh, I wanted to ask you a few things. There's a few things I wanted to ask you. Uh, one, um, it's funny you mentioned uh, MGK and the whole like Pitchfork giving giving it a six. His what album was that, by the way? I don't even. Uh, um, uh, take us to my downfall is the name of the album. MGK so terrible. How many uh, albums does that dude have now? Like, he's just pumping them out. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. The well, name. Well, he's back. He's in a new phase, and he has two in, his, in the new phase, in the punk phase of his career, or whatever he well, is now. And, yeah, and I I found it interesting. First of all, his his your review of uh of MGK's new album is that <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's for white girls who say the n word. Uh, uh <laughs> it is, <laughs> which I agreed with, and I thought it was funny. But also, uh, this idea that like his music has gotten horrible worse if. And like, but yet it's probably going to be more successful, um, which again speaks to this notion um, of like uh, the the sort of like type of art, you know what I'm saying? That that gets made and produced at a certain scale, right? At a certain level, that's mm-hmm. mass marketed and is like least common denominator. Um, being people, uh, me, me and Jason, being people that have like interacted with fucking producers and executives and fucking actors and shit um this is part of like what this is like our our constant fight right this is like Mm -hmm. a constant fight that we have it's a constant fight in trying to make shit it's a constant fight in the shit all of the sort of i hate this word content but all of the stuff that gets made now um like whether it's music you know what i'm saying and you guys that's that's why it's very easy for me to listen to your podcast right first of all like i am very tapped in in music i love music I've, i've always had like tapped in but like music mm-hmm. and sort of like writing and sort of like film and all that stuff is sort of like you know it's all intrinsic again we, ironically we talk about donald glover a person who lives in all worlds um so you know that ties it back in but but yeah like what do you like for example like why uh uh why were you inspired and I've already kind of know the answer to this, but like for the sake of conversation and for the sake of the listener, uh, uh-huh. like why were you inspired? Uh, what what about uh, Pitchfork, for example, <laughs> uh, are, are, are just mainstream sort of uh, music journalism and discourse? Uh, what about those types of things inspired you to come? And I know you kind of a little bit touched on this a little bit, but inspires you and your and your co-host to create this thing called anti-art um i don't know if you guys have definitely you know uh seen scarface or play gta there's always the point in gta and scarface where there's like the mentor figure that puts their arm around you and shit like that you do missions for them and then after a certain point they get whack or they get like washed or they like right they just like don't go far enough or whatever and you have to like or you, you know, gotta whack them. Yeah, you gotta do. I, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll say in like a. a <laughs> I'm mixing my metaphors a tiny bit, but yeah, uh, you gotta like you know do more than them. You gotta you gotta push it to the limit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, me and me and me and Troy, we realized that pretty much every magazine uh, is just like not really in tapped uh, or in tune with like what young people like actually care about. I feel like 
I feel like a lot of the things that I read, like they don't pay enough attention to what people are actually thinking. And uh, I keep saying this, I keep saying this phrase, like, if you know, you know, uh, in everything, like every single magazine. And I feel like it's a really annoying phrase that like keeps getting repeated. And I don't know, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of elements of like magazines and, and, and YouTubers that have been around for a long time where they get very complacent and they kind of just like think that they have an idea of what's going on, but they don't. And I saw me and him saw kind of like zigzagged, like kind of like holes in like, you know, uh, and, and spots that we can kind of fit into and niches that we can kind of fit into. And uh, I guess all this, all disrespect to all these publications, but no disrespect at the same time, because, you know, I was raised off of them. You know, uh, Pitchfork is was a really uh, important part of my my childhood growing up. It's it's the reason why I'm here today. Same with it, Fantano. Fantano's out of out of all these people uh, and publications and such. I respect him the most because he's independent. But even he, like, I feel like his opinions have gotten a little bit like, eh, like I don't agree with them as much anymore, or they're not in touch with like what's going on. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I, it feels like Pitchfork would have been saying the same shit about Rolling Stone, and now you're saying yeah. it about Pitchfork. That's how they started. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it goes. You you stay around for long enough. I'm sure in te- five or ten years, and waves and generational. Your idols become your rivals and shit. Correct. Right. 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 Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and 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 I again, like I feel like um, I've de- I've definitely. It feels like I've been in that phase for like <laughs> for a long time, where I'm like, yo. This this filmmaker's washed. This writer's like he's not making anything interesting anymore. Uh, I mean, like I'm, I'm always saying that, like you know, um, uh, and it's it's all, like you said, like it's not really about um, shitting on them per se as much as it's like you sort of see you sort of uh, you you sense that sort of complacency. You you sense like you not only do you sense it, but you see it in the in the work. Like it yeah. comes it comes out in the work, and it comes in it and it's and again it's that idea yeah. of like. It's just it's not being created from a, a, it's 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 being created from a completely cynical point of view. That's, yeah, you know right. what I'm sometimes saying? that's not even the case. It's just that they got old and lost their mojo, or their edge, or whatever, like Oliver Stone or whatever. I don't mm. think he's cynical. His shit just doesn't hit like it used to. But yeah. I think it's interesting what you're talking about, Ryan. Is that mm-hmm. which what one? we always respected about <laughs> which Ryan? Which movie? <laughs> which oh, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Damn, Jackson. Okay. What you were just saying, though, I think what we're talking about is that you always respected the artist or the art. I mean, not the artist. Fuck the artist. The art. I don't, I don't care art. who makes shit. I don't care what institution it is that's pumping out these paintings or whatever. I care about the paintings. And when the paintings themselves subjectively aren't something I'm into anymore, then I don't fuck with the institution that puts them out. It's no disrespect. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like your shit's not for me anymore. Right. Right. Maybe well, was- like it. But the thing is, when people just keep talking about it, like it's the fucking right still laying golden eggs or something you know right it's like it's like and this is why i hate the oscars and i've hated because they're about institutions yeah but i hate the oscars because one the movies have been laying for the past 10 years but also like like to listen to sort of like the people that we know me and jason know and uh to listen to them talk about the sort of prestige films and like they'll it's just like they just regurgitate this like the talking points that they've already read are like whatever gets the stamp of approval you know what i'm saying like now mind you like in order for a film to like even be nominated, they have to spend money. It has to go through the campaign process. It's a yep. whole entire thing. It's not yeah. actually them Perfect selecting city. the best work. Like there's a whole, it's, a, it's so it's like, but yeah. but you have people Correct. that buy into the kayfabe of, of this shit and they act like this is actually, and it's like, yo, like 
you know, like Nomadland, I heard people talk about Nomadland and I'm like, bro, like, are you watching the same movie that I was watching? Like, you know what I mean? Or, or, or even the movie that won now, Coda or whatever. Coda, Coda, it's like a lifetime movie. Well, now issues win, movies don't win. Right, right. Again, Nomadland was about Amazon and, sh- and that one. Right. Like, oh, they made this movie about this. Yeah. Same and the part of the reason, part of the reason I'm, I'm really, I get kind of annoyed with Hollywood uh, specifically is, is like you said, this, 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 this idea that like it's about the message first as if hollywood is this like beacon of moral authority like, yeah jesus fucking like, christ right? the place that invented the casting couch like the place yeah. that is the most notorious for being like you know uh the most exploitive and like you know and it's like now they, they present, right they present themselves as some sort of moral arbiter that the world should like and it's like everyone knows that not to be the case you know mm-hmm. what i mean but but again, you have people within the industry pretending this is a real thing, like you know, um, and it's not a real thing. It's fucking not like, like housewife um, thinking and shit. Right, it's and crazy. it's the same thing with the shit that they make now. Like it's not it's not really good. Like some of it is. Like there every now and then there'll be a movie that like slips through the cracks, or there'll be a, you know a filmmaker that's really good, and his in their work he or she's work will be acknowledged to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know accordingly based on the quality but like it's sadly um and maybe this is maybe this is why the inner the internet is so niche now and so fragmented like in terms of people's interests is because i feel like a lot of people uh because the internet allows you to sort of follow your own sort of idiosyncratic sort of interest down different you know wormholes right Mm -hmm. like i feel like because of that uh people have sort of like like subconsciously and consciously sort of acknowledge like oh this shit is like this shit is not this is not real like this shit is like fake this shit is like prepackaged marketed artifice so therefore let me just let me just go down my little wormhole of my weird shit and and just love my shit so now you have all these subcultures upon subcultures you know what i mean and like micro celebrities niche micro celebrities online again like uh you had a uh, neoliberal hell on one of your recent yeah shout out her i'm actually doing a, i'm producing a podcast with her actually we just recorded I, three episodes i saw that and i was like oh that's cool and you know what's weird it's like I, I, I the first time i started following her uh her account i was like i wonder if like if she would like uh do an interview and you you did it you already did it you beat it, it was like oh she would do an interview um mm-hmm. and it, it it's like I'm just a niche parasite. I latch on to like it's one of the niches that we fill. Find shit for me. Yeah, that's one of the niches that we do. Like meme pages are a big niche because they're they're the best interview subjects that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Joan of Arca. Shout out to the whole MBV collective. Shout out to uh, Neoliberal Hell. They don't get interviewed. Nobody asks to do interviews with them, and then all of a sudden it's like you fucking interview them, and they 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 they'll talk for three hours, and they have interesting shit to say. Right. But. And it's just it's it's interesting because like these are pages and people, you know, these are people behind these pages that yep. sort of like exist. They get zucked, you know what I'm saying? And then they have mm-hmm. to like reopen an account and build it back up again and only to get zucked again. So they had to have three backups. But these yep. they rebuild their following up again to like hundreds of thousands sometimes, tens of thousands yep. sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But these people have like their own sort of like following, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's this their own sort of like again niche micro celebrity amongst a very sort of you know uh uh as esoteric group of people um mm-hmm. and it just again it speaks to that idea that i'm talking about like that the shit out there that is presented as like for everyone is so bland is so like not inauthentic because it's so corporate it's so cynical it's so you know it's not there's no personality you know what i'm saying that's my issue with like a lot of music right that i hear mm-hmm. 
are like a lot of milk, again, books that I'll read, um, shows that I watch is I'm always digging. I'm always looking for like somebody with this unique point of view that I feel is a real, there's a human being behind it. Like mm -hmm. it has thoughts and ideas and shit. So that's probably why I found your podcast. It's, you know what I'm saying? Cause it, 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 it just going down those rabbit holes, going down those wormholes and like catering to the niche. Like, I feel like, um, our, our podcast specifically is very niche in its own way. Um, because we're like, I guess, I guess we're just what me and me and Jason are just like, so niche. We have zero patrons. Or right. Patrons. Right. We're just, we're just niche as fuck. We've <laughs> always been like, we've always been like the people who sort of are like, Oh, what's going on over here? Like, you know what I mean? As opposed to like when everyone's pointing right over here and it's mm -hmm. like, and it's not to be like contrarian either, because like, if there's some shit that's like literally, uh, good, right. If yep. there's some shit that's like dope and everybody likes it, like, yeah, some things are universally appraised, uh, praised uh, for a reason. Yeah. Some you know things what I mean? are just that goaded. Like some things are like, okay, everyone can acknowledge like this, this is dope. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, I feel like Atlanta's kind of there. Like, I don't know how big its audience really is, but I feel like, uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, but you really can't tell because like Sopranos or whatever. Yeah. All that kind of like stuff. Like I was saying before, the fact that Atlanta is so critically lauded is why I haven't watched it yet, which right, is right. ironic because I'm like, I can't <laughs> necessarily trust that yet. Sometimes right. shit's so good. It's undeniable. And even insincere and authentic people appreciate its authenticity or whatever. Well, Ryan, I know. I think, I think I know you like euphoria, but. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll use, I'll use I have a love hate with Euphoria, but I, yeah. it's a good it's a good show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't necessarily fuck with it, but but what I will say about Euphoria, I'll use them as an example, right? Which is sure. Euphoria is lauded critically and it's talked mm. about a lot, right? But when you actually look at the numbers, and this is what this this sort of ties. This isn't speaking to what this quality or not, right? But this uh -huh. is just this is just speaking to like the idea of like uh sort of getting like inst institutional sort of support or like getting stamps of approval, uh. It gets it gets talked about more than probably any other show. But uh, when you looked at the numbers, the premiere numbers were like 500K. And then you look at a show that doesn't get that play, um, like a show like the Amazon show, um, the, the uh, Taylor Sheridan show. Um, what is it with Kevin? Yellowstone. Gets Yellowstone. Like Four million. Yellowstone. But oh, Yellowstone pops off. People fucking yeah, love that shit. Yellowstone gets like <laughs> a, a million times more views. But, yeah. but yet it has not even close to comparable sort of you know, to uh, America, people talking about it. Yeah, sure. I feel, about I feel it. you. Like, right, 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 right. So, yeah. you know, and that's what I, that's what I mean by like, like people sort of kind of like notice shit like that. Like people, mm -hmm. pe whether they, whether they're aware of it or not, like, I feel like some people are aware of it. I feel like some people aren't aware of it. I just, but I feel like they know regardless. Right. And it's just like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Keep, 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 go ahead. Our mics are Boom, mics dropped out. Yeah, exactly. Some black dynamite right, shit. Here. But yeah, um, I'm sorry. You can keep going. Let me see if I can turn that shit off. <laughs> My bad. You're, you're good. You're good. Yeah, so, I thought it was mine at first. No, no, no. So don't sweat it. But I feel uh, like I, I feel like I'm monopolizing the, the conversation. Feel free to weigh in on anything or whatever. I'm also I wanted to ask you about Mexico because I know you were in Mexico. Mexico <laughs> uh, uh, was a good ass time. Yes. I so your podcast sent you to Mexico. Uh, so I'll explain. Give me one second here. Let me no meet problem. these notifications. While of course, you're doing that, I just want to say, it. Ryan, we got to listen keenly to this motherfucker and figure out how we can get a trip to Mexico out of our podcast. <laughs> so I, so basically I paid for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, all right, <laughs> never mind then. No, 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 no. <laughs> my, my podcast didn't send me there. No, <laughs> um, well, I'm just saying like, is it? Yeah. 
generate um, enough income, et cetera, to pay for it. Yeah, no, my, my other job uh, that I have that I obviously can't discuss, I still work a, a day job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was able to basically have enough money that I can go down there. Uh, and Mexico is, Mexico is pretty cheap. I mean, for the most part. Uh, yeah, my even brother the, fucking marauds around down there. <laughs> it rules. I mean, I had, I had a place in the hostel. It was like a private room with two beds. And I was just by myself, like 180 bucks equivalent for five nights. So... Uh, I try and pick and choose places that I go. I try and go to cities uh, um, where I know people. You know what I mean? Uh, in this case, I knew my friend, shout out to Deer. It's her artist name. Uh, I knew her down there. So we were hanging out a lot. Uh, it kind of got rid of a lot of the cost. You know what I'm saying? Is that someone have... you met through the internet? She's yeah, artist. through through Instagram. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, That's no, when the shit's working right. And it's, I, just actually oh, yeah. listen, I just actually listened to that episode. So like, it's kind of a little bit fresh on my brain. And I mm-hmm. feel like there was something that Deer said in that in that episode that like struck me that's like related to what we're talking about too, which is this she said like this, she talked about like art going through puberty. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I feel like that's a big like uh I like, I like she that. thinks it is now. No, no, no. She's art. just speaking, she's just speaking into like people at what stage they are in their like oh, artists yeah. at what oh, stage. They, like, it's a metaphor. Like, like Gambino for camp. Like yeah, Gambino right, was right. going through puberty yeah, on camp, and then because of the yeah, internet yeah. is like he's he's like a uh in college type of shit. Yeah, I feel uh, that. Right. Or like when you like when Ryan was saying, like, you know, like when I was when I first came up, you know, I like pitchfork and da da da. But now I look at them and they're like, washed me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, we're not doing what you said. That idea of like the artist gone through puberty and like, are you as an artist? Are you as a I've gone through a change? And therefore you're like, yo, this it's like I, I took my kid. I have a, I have an eight year old and I took him to see the Sonic movie. Right? And <laughs> I kind of I kind of I kind of <laughs> shit on it. But then I felt bad because like I am friends with one of the writers of the movie and i know he saw it because he looked at my story <laughs> and i was like yo my kid loves this but it's awful right and then i looked and i'm like oh he saw that so then i had to like clarify real quick i would I'm not try to shit on dude i'm just like listen if i was eight i would fucking love the sonic movie too. yeah right? yeah yeah for it's sure it's not for you, you it's fine it's not made life. for me you know it's not made for me but you know uh, i still have to go take my kid i mean he had a sonic birthday and bro, shit he, last year we're going <laughs> yeah he, he'll love it. it my kid it was two hours there's no reason again it's not for me, but there's no reason for Sonic right. to be two fucking hours. No, I look like Sonic right now. What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> like, uh, but yeah. So I was going to, I don't know where else to go with this other than to, to just sort of like ask you about like what's going on with the site. Like, I know hmm. you guys have a site, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You put up, I know you put, you do like blog posts and reviews. And like, yeah. like, I know, I think, I think once you said something like to the effect of like, you were trying to like, um, you were trying to like divert all of the traffic to the site. Like what, yeah. is, your, what is your goals with, with the site? And what Replace Pitchfork. I mean, <laughs> it's, I <think> that. <laughs> it's tough. I, I have a lot of goals like, and they, and they, they all conflict with each other and it's all, it's, it's a lot of things going on. You know what I mean? Like if it, if it was up to me, I would live on my own. I would just like work on my shit, like, you know, whatever, like 60 hours a week like all of it. And I would have writing on my shit and I would have YouTube videos up and I would have, you know, like a robust Instagram page, but certain things happen. And it's like, I, we, me and my friend started a blog because we wanted to just like have ease of access for re- reviews and stuff. And then we realized you can see the numbers and people aren't like reading reviews. Mm-hmm. So then we switched to YouTube because YouTube is where you can monetize. So YouTube, it seems to be uh, a bit of a better platform for us. So we're kind of just for now, just like posting the YouTube videos on the site as if they're the reviews. And then additionally, when I do uh, special things, like I'll like I'll do like a profile or something like that, like a written profile, I'll put that on the website as well. Um, do you fuck but, with Substack at all yet? 
Uh, yeah, uh, Substack is cool. Yeah, Substack is I feel good. like it's like video. People go to YouTube for video. People go for the written word now, it feels like, at Substack, Substack, right? That might be the spot to put your blogs and shit. Well, I've yeah, heard, maybe because I've it's heard expensive. conflicting. Yeah, I've heard conflict. I've heard conflicting things about Substack. You know, so Substack like, is cool. Yeah, what I have yeah. is expensive. It's just that you know, people go on there. They're looking for reviews that are written. Right, right. Shit, that's yeah, it. they're right. shopping. It's like you see yeah. you sell a car at a car dealership. You know, like, uh, yeah, I, Substack, but we haven't really utilized it. But, I, yeah. I I like doing video reviews. Like, they're fun. They're more fun for me because like today, like I um uh, I listened to this Jack White album. I knew exactly how I thought about it as soon as the first I for, like listened to it on oh, first list. It's a, it's like a C, you know what I mean? It's pretty good. Uh, it has is some it good a C el- period or a C for Jack White. Oh, uh, I see for, you got a white stripes album back there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I just did the review. So <laughs> for Jack White, um, for Jack White, it's like a, like a, a B. I, got, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really think of it like that. I think mm-hmm. of grades for uh, I, I I grade every album against every other album that's ever right, came that's out. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Are I think you, it's what, a. What do you take into account? You know, it's weird for, when you rate a movie. It's like am I rating it as Again, to bring up Oliver Stone and Oliver Stone movie against his own shit, or just as well, a movie. I, period. You guys do rate. Mo- I seen you guys did a movie thing too once, right? Would you do compile like a movies of the year type list once, once or, or my? We do stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, we yeah. do like anti uh, like a uh, film archive and that kind of stuff once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but to go, to go to your question, actually, it's a, it is interesting. I do rate it against their discography at first, and then I. Ex- bringing it out to the rest of the world you know what i mean because sometimes it's like oh shit it's kanye's best album okay now then let's rank it against all the other albums or right. you know what i mean that kind of thing i mean that's what a good review to me is it's interesting it's in depth you know you consider layers and shit yeah i do my best <laughs> and, you know and it's all again it's just it's all subjective but like the whole thing is like it's like for example like you i know you guys do like a you know f a through f type grades right and some people will do like numbers and it's like even even to tie it into like movie shit like letterbox does stars like Mm -hmm. and like i'll rate certain movies right and i'm like i know i'm giving this movie more stars than this other movie that's probably better like technically and like all kind of shit yeah yeah but but it's like not better though because this one this movie does what it does better than what this movie that's actually probably has better more technical aspects performances but what it sets out to achieve, it doesn't yeah. meet the way this smaller film that has yeah. far more flaws does. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I watched this movie called The Taint. Uh- <laughs> dude, are you about to bring up The Taint? Charm was The Taint? That's a yeah, masterpiece yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, dude. Yeah. That movie is, like, I would give, I rate that My movie brother really- and I talk about that movie all the fucking time. Of course, see, this is why we have a podcast together. Right. So, so, we got like, Taint like, review. Like, we definitely got to do a Taint review. We got to come on, bro. But, but, taint but, review. <laughs> but that <laughs> movie, I rate that movie so different. I rate that movie so taint different. Reveal. Like, I really do. Like, I rate it, like, the, I rate that movie way different. Like, there's movies yeah. that are like, you look at it and be like, why did you give the Taint a better review? And I'm like, because oh, man, the taint what, it, is... <laughs> what it does, what it does, and what it sets out to be, it's fully realized, even on that, like, weird ass fucking gross out sort of super perverse super, super yeah super subversive like yeah shit so, like you know what so, i mean so, some things set too high of a goal for themselves the or something some some things build too big of a world it, it happens with video games too like rpg games and shit like you build too big of a world and then it's like you have no fucking missions or anything to do in the game it's like so wow it looks technical look at those mountains it gives a shit like it's boring you know what i mean Facts. that's how like that's how steven spielberg movies have always been to me uh sorry i, I maybe you guys like him or whatever Ooh, buzzkill. I, bring it no 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 i my my partake, cows so make the best hamburger hey listen I, I i will not deny i will not deny that spielberg knows how to make a movie um yeah i would just say, <laughs> i will just say this though i'm like to me it's like he's 
it's like okay it's like it's the most like i like the thing that i and again i'm a buzzkill right like i hate i hate when people say like my favorite director is steven spielberg my favorite movie is i'm like that is the most basic burger (laughs) shit you know what i'm saying like like it's boring as hell it's boring as fuck dog you might as well like i don't like okay like like going on a cruise right everyone's seen raiders (laughs) of the lost ark everyone's like those movies perfect but he's yeah. actually he's actually like the reason sort of like that. Hey, a cruise might run a shore and you might shit your pants for a week. There's more danger in a cruise than a Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, but but he's actually one of the reasons though. Like he's the he's the type of artist or the type of figure who sort of like could do he he for he's responsible for creating the blockbuster. You know him and like Lucas, yeah. right with Jaws yeah. and Star Wars and shit. And yeah. they sort of like maximize the sort of like. The, the 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 whole box office sort of like like when when it came to move because before this the way the studios existed before that those movies came around it, it wasn't as like yes it was driven by making profit but not to the degree that they are post bro that was those the movies. 70s the 70s right. were wild cinematically post those movies it became like all right we can make yeah. billions of dollars. We can make toys. We can do yeah, spinoffs, cereals, can do franchises. And yeah. And like, and then again, we got the whole boom, you know, capitalism completely took, you know, like super duper. So now you got, we got, we, we're, we're at where we're at today. And it's like, I, I don't want to like, I don't have a personal sort of like art personal is the wrong word. I don't have a, uh, a hatred. A hatred is a strong word. I don't even have a hatred. It's just, it's yeah. actually it's like Spielberg's movies. Right. It's, just, just, it's like you can't watch a Spielberg movie and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Like, OK, like exactly. he's good at yeah. doing X, Y, Z. It's like Eastwood. But it's, it's like, like not for me. It, yeah, it's like it's like when somebody tells you about a documentary that's good and they explain it to you. And like they, they basically tell you the whole story of the documentary in like a sentence. And you're like, OK, I don't now I don't have to watch it. Right. You know, right. You know what I'm saying? It's the same shit. It's just like, oh, well, this is the story There's about no the Washington Post. It's like rising cool. scene. Has there ever been a scene in a Spielberg movie? You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I see that coming. Like there might be suspenseful <laughs> sequences, but there's yeah, never, or iconic yeah. sequences or whatever. Yeah, it's just like never, there's no scene that throws right, you. You'll like, never oh, walk away from a Spielberg movie and like feel like devastated. it's not a good time, bro. You yeah. know, I'll tell you what, <laughs> devastating. Like if Jaws Steffi. just ended with the fucking shark eating all them and just fucking drifting away to kill again and shit, like that would have been dope. But it's never that, you know. Yeah, always. Yeah. And like I said, I don't. Again, I always tell people this. this you know. Like what you want, enjoy what you want. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but what I feel about something should not matter to you. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe it should. I don't know. But but yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like like yeah. There's plenty of shit that people like will say it's goaded that I'm like that's horrible. But I don't I don't like dwell on it. I just I just yeah. don't agree. There's far greater yeah. sins in the world. Than yeah, Jaws is the best movie and shit. Yeah, right. especially if I'm at a party or some shit, or if it's like a normal. It's like I'm hanging out with like normal people. I don't want to. I don't want to be a quote unquote buzzkill like you, like you guys are saying. Like I try not to. You know, if I'm talking to a girl I like or some shit, and she's like, "Oh, you know, Jaws." That's a different story. I'm like, "All right, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Then Jaws is my dresses is the best shit ever. (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to sort of like, like you have to like be able to sort of put the normie sort of goggles on and 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 sort of be like you gotta navigate yeah you don't want to be be that guy yeah you can't be that person like that's that's the worst thing is like when a motherfucker and again like that's i feel like uh uh that's a big reason why we get labeled as buzzkills is because like taken taken out of context right like Mm -hmm. someone someone just seeing or hearing us voice an opinion or even just reading a post that we made about something they might just take that and take that as like oh that's just how they are it's like no i'm actually a 
a fully formed person with different sides. And I understand I have social intelligence to a degree. Like I know how to navigate. We're getting called buzzkills by like all these filmmaker screenwriter types too. This is not like we're at a party talking to normies when we do this shit. It's like trying to get other quote unquote so-called artists to dig a little deeper and say, hey, yeah, that's Spielberg the place where you're supposed to have one. those conversations. Yeah, also, but the, to but the problem, oh, I'm glad you right. said that. But the problem is, the problem is that these yeah. people, these people aren't artists. So Hollywood, Hollywood <laughs> has a lot of well-paid, highly successful people who aren't artists. They are careerists. They're careerists. Mm. So they're good at the sort of social politics. You know what I'm saying? And and so they climb the ladder. They're strivers. Yeah. But they, they know how to play the game and they get put in positions. But like they aren't actually good artists like that's and it translates through the art. Like I think some of them get corrupted. I think it's like Washington or something like some decent people arrive there, but they don't. Well, come out. I, this isn't a, know, this isn't a state, a but, but this is a generalization. But it's not like it's not this is not a blanket statement of like every right. person. It's just it's just that it is very prevalent. Right. It's well, I think very, what I'm saying is to artists, be careful because Hollywood can seduce you and turn you into a careerist. You know, that's kind of what it does, too. Well, I feel like, are people, you a real I feel like, are you a real artist if you if you, if do you that? allow yourself to be correct? Right. That's you a know good question. Saying? Like, because yeah. it, it comes to the question, it comes to the question like, yeah, true money's seductive. But like it why, it's always boils down to why you're making the art. Right. Like, yeah, depends on the kind of person you are. I mean, there's like comedians out there that fail and they just end up writing commercials for the Super Bowl. It's well, like, let's bring that back to right. Donald Glover, though. You got to pay <laughs> yeah. your bills. You got to get your foot in the door. What about him being on those fucking sitcoms and shit he was on? Yeah, it's kind of like sometimes you do that to mm-hmm. get to where you need to be. So you're financially solvent. You could have a little fuck you money, et cetera. Yeah, Joe it, Rogan, Joe it Rogan is sometimes a bit of a pr- from fear factor. And it, started it is some- weed. I agree. It is sometimes a bit of a privileged thing to be like, oh, like uh like if you're not making if you're not like loving every moment of like the job that you're doing you need to just quit or like if, you, if you're not loving every moment of this thing you're writing you need to just quit it's like well yeah well sometimes it's like you need to get actually get your foot in the door sometimes your parents don't fucking hand you a job at this hollywood studio Max. and Max, sometimes yeah. you need to write some bullshit to get yourself to where you need to be you know what yeah, i mean we know it's all not, about that <laughs> just don't get caught in it you know yeah just don't, just don't get caught in that cycle i agree and but here's what i'll say here's i've tried the- to make corporate shit crazy and lost jobs in the yeah. middle of them and, sh- and burn some bridges and shit hell so yeah fight the good fight it's like yeah. a good one yeah. that whole i pick the wrench because fuck them but you here's know? the thing though here's the thing though guys okay cap capitalism has preconditioned us to all do that anyways we know how to do that exactly. everyone <laughs> knows how to go out and do some shit they don't want to do in order to fucking you know what i mean like you pay learn bills. how to do that pay the Correct. bills so it's like you already sort of possess that if you've went through this because the school day here mimics the work day. like you sort of already know how to get through it. You come yeah. out at a young age and when you get a, a regular job, your first regular job, you sort of have that. So we we have that skill set in us. We know how to do that. You mm-hmm. know, and so it's like this idea of like not letting that assume your identity when it comes to making shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like in that idea of being able to compartmentalize or be of, you know, two minds about the shit where it's like. Okay, like I understand what's needed. This isn't my passion, but I got to do this to get to here. Yeah. But, but but you know what I'm saying? But like I feel like a lot of people um that's what separates the people who I say, you know, I know it sounds pretentious whatever, but that's what separates those people who are like really artists, which is like That is true. You could say a Jack Clark mm-hmm. go drive a cab mm-hmm. but make your authentic shit. Like if Facts. you're a writer, maybe find a job that's not writing inauthentic bullshit as your way yeah. to make ends yep. meet and, and we need it's to find, do it too we, we need legit. to find that guy we need to i don't i know i don't know ryan, do. ryan doesn't know who jack clark is because it's a very niche thing but jack clark is this guy uh 
he wrote he wrote this novel mm-hmm. um, about a taxi driver in Chicago. And he is a taxi. I don't know if he cur- he was. I don't know if he still is, but he was a taxi driver in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. And he wrote this like great little pulpy ass novel. Um, what is it? Nobody's Angel. That's the name Nobody's of it. Angel, Nobody's Angel. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's really fucking good. But like it's a per- he's a guy who's like he does a regular job and he makes this this thing mm-hmm. like that's that's a direct reflection of his life. He wasn't yep. though. I'm a writer, so I'm gonna go write on a fucking right. sitcom to then try and right, you know, write right. this novel. He, on the he side. was like, yeah. it didn't stop. He, the dude was even selling like the book in his cab. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. yeah, he was like, he had a book in before it got this is like, like a publisher. early nineties or eighties, yeah, late eighties. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like again, that there's rocks. always those always those people out there that are like they're not stopping. Like, there's local artists I know here, um, and and I'm I'm, I'm I don't live in L.A. anymore. I live in since back. I moved back to Cincinnati area. And I just travel back and forth when necessary. But there's artists I know here who are doing that thing. Like and, selling and a mixtape out the trunk. I mean, it gets I, I a mean, lot of people Ra- pretty I far. Mean, uh, you know, um, Ron, I'm pretty sure you're, you're familiar with Pink Sifu, right, Ryan? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Pink Sifu, like for a lot of people, they're like, he's from Alabama, but he's actually from here. Mm. Like he, he was born there, but he's here. His whole entire crew is from here. They're called, mm. G- they're called GK fam. Mm. And like all these guys, they live out here. Uh, and they, they make music and, mm-hmm. and like they put out projects, they, they, they do their art, you know what I'm saying? They put it out and they keep like, they're, he's because he's gotten successful because he's got like, that's the thing. He has the same managers like Freddie Gibbs and shit. And like, mm-hmm. he's doing shows and touring and now he's starting to bring these guys with him. Mm-hmm. Right. But they've been doing it the whole time. So it's right, like, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't, it, like they work, some of them work just regular ass jobs, but, mm-hmm. but they, 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 they put all their effort into making these projects. Like you would think like if you're tapped in out here, you would be like, Oh, like you like, and I know some of them, you know, shout out to Darius, you know, like he, he's swooty. Like he, when he puts a project out, like he's like thinking of all the steps. He's like, this is my cover art. Like, this is the way I want to release it. I need to Mm. shoot X, Y videos. He's approaching it as if like, and he still works a regular job and does whatever he does. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe he goes on tour and, and gets some money or now or whatever, but like, yeah. They're, they're making the art regardless mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like and you get it takes sense. serious passion and right. perseverance and drive there because those day jobs will suck the they do and every, but yeah i know about that i know about that for sure yeah you know for I mean? sure and that's the story of my that's the story of my shit which is Everywhere, the whole yeah. like you know what i'm saying the whole idea of like having to like you know do something at the same time it's like i'm fortunate and unfortunate at the same time because i haven't had to work a regular job but same but i've same sacrificed years, for that but. so like in between writing shit it, it gets sketch and I got to hustle. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not like in a situation where I'm a, a WGA gilded writer, but even if I was, that doesn't guarantee I am, you I'm are as fuck. right. You are, you're in the guild. There's no guarantees because it's a, it's a feast or famine. It's a feast or famine business. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And we know people who make half a million dollars or more a year doing this. And it don't mean shit. And it it's don't like, mean shit. Take an Uber in LA and mm-hmm. I guarantee the dude has a screenplay under the seat. He'll give you. Oh, facts. Yeah. <laughs> and we know we know again like between me and jason we probably know like everybody that's almost <laughs> like right it feels like it's hollywood small so yeah, like you Kevin know people, bacon of it all and shit. every tv show we know somebody probably every you know every fucking movie that gets made we sort of maybe know the writer or know who you know shit like that so because it is very it is a right, very most of business. them i probably aren't even artists right. in general they just they like that shit they it's like reaching the pinnacle of fast food or something you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like they work at re- fucking red robin or whatever that shit's called 
You know what I'm yeah, saying? And, and it's like, yo, like, I just want, like, again, like, my, my whole thing is like, live, like, live your life as if, you know, um, <laughs> as if, like, you're doing it for a purpose and not just, not, and I don't think it made this platitudinal, right? But like, like, I feel like whether you make shit or not, it's like, it's still, I feel like the, 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 the philosophy that I sort of like, again, everyone has their own sort of like, I'm not saying the buzzer came on right there. Uh, passionate uh, read and shit. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, I think like, yo, there is a way people should live their lives. And because we live under, take a shot, Jason, late stage capitalism. We don't. Cheers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we we don't live like I feel like that's that is the that is the subtext of everyone's story, specifically mm. here, which is everyone is. Like, <laughs> 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 